This is RV on Business. And on the line we have Dean Gopal, who's a product manager for Life, Life Safety Division at Eaton South Africa. Dean, welcome to High FM. Thank you so much for having me. No, pleasure. Dean, we are speaking to you under a theoretical scenario where uh, we could talk about the horrors of fire and what it could do and how we prevent it. I saw a photo last night of the windmill as you come past Rhodes Memorial again. For example, to, to Musenberg from Cape Town and the windmills on your left and there's the, the big, uh, the big uh, wind uh, things, whatever you call it, lying on the floor and the, the windmills devastated. It's been an icon of, uh, of that palpable since I was a little boy that I can remember and many, many generations before that also all gone because the fire took it out. Obviously, that's your line of business. Maybe just talk us quickly through what's happening at the moment in that particular scene, how you guys are involved, if you are involved, and then let's talk about what we can do to make sure we don't ever perpetrate that mistake again. Yes, yeah, so we're not directly involved uh, on the scene itself, but but they can provide some sort of context right. in, into some of the prevention measures that we can sort of put in place uh, to mitigate some of these future fires that may come across. Now, you know, unfortunately, when, you, when you're talking about um, from an arson perspective, I mean, there you have literally no control of when this fire is going to be started, where is it going to come from, uh, what the intensity is going to come from uh, with as well. And, and that's where some of the, the key issues are. For, for building safety, I mean, the, the key thing is to, you know, understand the risk, to do a proper risk assessment of your building. And I, and I, and I don't see this happening um quite effectively in, in, in the South African market itself, right? To be having a look at very aged buildings. Um, and the question then to be asked is how often do we do a risk assessment in these buildings to make sure that in the event of a fire like this particular one, were we prepared for it or were we not prepared for it? You know, that that's sort of the question that we need to ask. If we were prepared for it, what sort of systems have we got in place uh, in terms of, from a fire detection perspective, from a fire suppression perspective, or even so from a fire uh, sprinkler system. Now, just to give the listeners an idea uh, of the different types of systems that you can put uh, to try and mitigate some of these uh, fires in major buildings or in all buildings for that matter. I mean, the first thing is you have a detection system. This will basically detect smoke, gases, and so forth. And, and that would basically ignite uh, uh, a threshold within the detector, and as what it will then do, it'll it'll sound off an alarm, and obviously people in the building will be notified that there is something wrong. I mean, from there on, I mean, you, the panel will then the fire panel could send a signal to a suppression system to try and and, and put a um, a water sprinkler system on or a suppression system for that matter to put the, put some uh, uh, dry gases through to mitigate some of the bigger fires that we probably would have. And, and this is some of the key things that we need to do from a, from a, an assessment perspective, right? I mean, when we have a look at the, the common causes of fires today, I mean, you know, buildings have changed and evolved. And one of the uh, factors that we see is electrical fires. We see um, arson is a big one as well. We're seeing as we're coming into winter, we're seeing uh, heating appliances that, that, that are put on and left unattended that can cause a major uh, uh, um, fire in a building or in a household or in a small business, uh, restaurant, whatever. And then also 
from a uh, you've also got gas now that everyone's gone gas because the, yes. our electricity is, is is quite expensive in South Africa, so people have opted for gas solutions uh, and the protection thereof from all of that. So you know th- those are the key uh, uh, sort of main areas of where fire actually gets started. Um, then you know, th- then the other thing is understanding the age of the building itself. I mean, if you have a look at historical buildings, especially in, in the Cape Town region, um, there are many historical buildings. There. And there are many contractors that, that work on those buildings. And the question then to be asked is, are these contractors qualified enough to, to understand what's happening in that building for one? Uh, giving their guidance on aged infrastructure and wiring issues that may, they may come across during their installations and how that is reported. Uh, so a lot of reports can be given, a lot of data can be given in terms of risk assessments and so forth in a building. What's been done by the building owners is a totally different conversation altogether. I mean, mm-hmm. we need more uh, proactive stance by building owners to say, okay, we know that our buildings are compromised. What do we do to mitigate uh, a disaster from happening? And in, and in this case, um, if we have a look at what's happened to UCT, I mean, the loss of the library for, for generations of, or, or years of information that was collated over that time, um, historical artifacts and all of that, that, that's been lost in that building can never ever be recovered again. No. Right. Unless they had an electronic version of all of that that was documented over time, that, that would be okay. But in this case, the building probably would have had a fire detection and a sprinkler system in place. Um, how frequently was that then serviced uh, is the next question that we, we, someone could ask. And, you know, it's, it's those little bits and pieces of information that we give our building owners or facility managers to say that the building is either in good shape or the building is severely compromised from a, from a fire perspective, from an electrical perspective, um, they need to they need to react based on that. You know, we can only. I mean, a lot of people can give information, but there's only so much uh, that person can do until it's action by the building owner or the facilities manager in this case. Legislation is it enforceable um, to have the correct stuff all the time to have it service to have it regularly checked and monitored? And number two, um, how does your company get involved? Somebody wants to know. So let's start with the first one. Um, if I'm a facilities owner or a manager, if I have a building, or anywhere that's public where the public's invited in, do I have a legislative responsibility to report, to be checked, to comply? We have guidance of the SANS 10400 Part T for, for fire protection. Uh, that is a guideline as to where building safety is and how it should be complied, right? I mean, in some of, some of just a highly, a high overview of the, some of the protection, part of the Protection Act is, you know, the first thing that we need to have a look at is, um, are the occupants using the building, will they be protected, right, in the event of, uh, of a disaster happening, or in this case, if you're talking fire, that's what it is, right? What about people um, with disabilities? Have we done enough in a building to, to, to make sure that people in wheelchairs and disabilities are catered for? Right, that's what the, that's what the specs sort of said. The sense yeah. specs, are, right? We got to look at that. Uh, the spread and intensity of the fire within the buildings. I mean, we need to have a look and see in the event of the fire, right? 
can will the fire spread to neighboring buildings right would it go to different departments different floors have we got enough um protection in a building to sort of uh, mitigate that and those are the guidelines that the, the 10400 gives you right okay. some of some of the other things that it um gives you is regarding structural um, damages in the event of a full blown fire will the structure uh, collapse during and after a fire right what the uh, what, if it's a high if it's a four story and above sort of building uh, would the building infrastructure or would the integrity still be uh, held in the event of a fire and after the fire would it not compromise another building and and people after the fire and those are all guidelines that the 10400 sort of gives you uh it's very similar to to um the oceans act where you know we can provide the whole lot of guidelines and we ensure to make sure that we stick within those guidelines now in in most cases i would think that a lot of our um our personnel within from from a, from a, a a reporting perspective or from a, a um a building safety inspector perspective right they doing what they're supposed to be doing they sort of going out to building seeing the integrity of the buildings and 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 reporting back on that right in a case of fire a building a fire inspector could go into a building and say okay let's have a let's do a quick random test of your fire system does it comply to the to the 10400 okay. if it doesn't you have literally 30 days to make amends right if in 30 days you don't make amends the fire marshal could then uh, condemn the building and obviously okay. until you can prove otherwise then that's what that and then the building will be reopened so it's very crucial to understand that uh when we when we do these reporting on on the integrity of buildings and whether we comply to the regulation the next steps following that report needs to be adhered to because that's the only way we're going to start getting this right. right if it's just a report that needs to be generated for the sake of it then that that's what that doesn't help anybody because nothing's been done about it we're running out of time and there's a lot of questions coming through and so let me just try sort of solidify them and then get to the crux of the matter um there's obviously a lot of people who've got um properties where they've got fire prevention mechanisms in place that all haven't been looked after been there forever and thank god and everything tested how would um how would your company come in what would they do would they be able to offer a turnkey solution from the beginning to the end to make sure the science the legalities that all the boxes are ticked that the buildings actually safe for you and mommy to live there or to visit there how would eating get involved as a business eaten is an OEM so we manufacture fire systems fire detection oh. systems for the for the larger industry globally right so we we do not do turnkey solutions but we can surely get involved in the discussions on 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 typical business safety mechanisms i mean historically if you, if you have a look at, at our product portfolio that we we sort of manufacture for the larger industry uh for contractors to use in bigger buildings smaller buildings medium sized buildings we do a full fire detection digital analog and conventional fire system that we can supply into the industry we do right. evacuation products in terms of fire telephone systems uh that comply to the EN 54 regulations in the UK for fire right and then we do public address systems uh to for from a communication part for the rest of the building so in the event of an emergency uh 
we can communicate to everybody within the building spectrum to, to make sure that that goes. What we, what we can do and we do all the time is that we offer training to many contractors in terms of how and why fire detection is so important um, in, a, in a building, right? I mean, South Africa has some training bodies available for, for contractors, up-and-coming contractors to go and learn about the specification, learn about how to, to wire a, a fire detection system, um, and how to how to put in a fire evacuation system in place into a building space. Eaton comes in from an OEM perspective in supplying physical product to make this happen, to make our buildings a little bit safer. So, so Hedina, I put you on route there because across the road they're actually dropping rocks onto a, onto a building site, so it's very difficult to hear. But thank you for being uh, just going through it so clearly. Before I let you go, how do people get hold of you? On my email address, I, I'm allowed to give my email address over the far, over the radio now. Just I'll give you a personal. Okay, so it's my, everything else you can do. <laughs> no problem. So my email address is Dean Gopal at Eaton.com. So it's D-E-A-N-G-O-P-A-L at Eaton E-A-T-O-N dot com. Are you more than willing, your listeners are more than willing to reach out to me for, for any guidance? Thank you. Dean, um, I hope that we'll continue to talk theoretically and we won't have to, you know, talk about the tremendous loss that's happened now. Um, but again, it just reminds us, especially in South Africa, that a lot of the infrastructure is old. And unfortunately, our response teams are not up to scratch. Um, and uh, they also have ailing infrastructure, have ailing uh, machinery, and there's also morale issues there. So please don't rely on people coming to help you. The best prevention is your own stuff to make sure that you get everything up to date before we go. Dean, thank you so much for your time and everything all the best. Thank you so much for having me.